Yes, guys, um, just wanted to say that I'm very thankful for being here. Um, I'm very much pleased that you were so hostile to my presence. And I would like to thank you for being so welcoming and uh, not gatekeeping your um, podcast and um, enabling me to be with you here. So this was very nice uh, for me as I just uh, arrived to Köln um, last semester to start KHM and it was very important for me to be a part of something. So thank you for uh, welcoming he me here. Hello, Ivana. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. Like, yeah. yeah. So we have one more a friend to can share and then can kind of resonating each other i'm just so glad to have you here mm -hmm. and also hear some from you yeah i mean i i feel like it's not easy to go um to infiltrate uh into uh, certain uh, areas as especially when you're artist i feel like many people are somehow um trying to yeah as i said gatekeep a little bit their their places because of mm -hmm. uh, um, i don't know certain prestige or privilege that uh is that they are i, I guess gatekeeping <laughs> so um yeah i was wondering why is it so why are people so keen to um um not open themselves very much to uh, newcomers or let's say to immigrants or just new people coming to their areas and stuff like this. Mm. What? Uh, yeah, I wanted to introduce myself as I'm mm -hmm. uh, as, I, as I'm here. <laughs> My name is Ivana. Hi, and, <laughs> yeah, and I am from Czech Republic. And um, I am something I didn't I didn't uh, know very much uh, I, under what categories my um, my presence would be uh, accepted. But as I was uh, working with some uh, Afro-American artists, I uh, understood that I am. Uh, counting as an Afro-Czech person. So in this way, I am um, mixed race. So my mother, she comes from Czech Republic and my father comes from Angola. And um, that makes me, that makes me a mixed race person. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, it's about my cultural heritage so what would that mean for me in in czech republic is that i would have to face um 
a special category under under or among uh, other citizens let's say i would occupy a special place always in a presence on the streets uh, also in the minds of people as somebody who is from a place perhaps far away uh, even uh, when i was born in czech republic so people would always ask me where i'm from and when i would tell them i'm from czech republic they wouldn't believe me or they would compliment my language they would say oh your czech is so great how did you learn it <laughs> that's so awful <laughs> yes so they would always try to figure out uh, where i really come from and uh, the answer that i was born in czech republic also of course uh, doesn't satisfy those who want to i don't know maybe mine some imaginary of exotic places or whatever <laughs> yeah so yeah so in this way to continue my monologue <laughs> of my story in this way i would uh, always try to since i was always taken as somebody from abroad even i i was a native basically mm -hmm. to czech republic it uh, made me to have a higher interest in uh, different cultures or things uh, beyond our borders of czech republic and this would also bring me um, here, for example, or it would also sparkle interest in a, in a more um, globalist approach to cultures, let's say. And yeah, and today I have a, I do have a problem or a question. Uh, because I do, <laughs> because I do own a, I bought a, I bought a kimono, and uh, it's beautiful kimono. It's uh, from satin, and it's from, uh, it's from Sara. <laughs> <laughs> and I never wore it. Yeah, I never wore it because uh, it's very fine, and. Um, it brought me to a question of a cultural appropriation and in uh, and in the way it, it was just sparkle a question in me if I am allowed to wear a kimono um, I wanted to ask you guys what you think about it um, if uh, how you feel about uh, me perhaps wearing a kimono or uh, also anybody else of course wearing a kimono on the street Mm. Yeah, um, maybe like, should I uh, introduce myself first? Uh, hi, I'm Hani and I'm, I was born and raised in South Korea and I've been staying in Germany for almost um, two years now. Yeah. And I think um, for me, um, you wearing kimono is quite okay and fine because uh, like cultural appropriation is always a matter of um, um, context um, and, uh, which you have to look into um, really concretely so 
yeah i will this is my brief opinion and then i will um pass the mic uh, to the vicky hi uh first okay so i'm vicky and um first um ivana i'm really glad that you joined us actually for the session and i feel like you've really enriched like the conversations we had like in the last times and i really enjoyed it so much and like i really thought you brought like such a sparkle to the whole constellation and i just wanted to thank you to bring all your stories and your spirit to share all these things with us and to kind of like explore together like what we are going to do today which i feel like is still a bit like uncertain <laughs> we kind of had like the feeling like all together before this episode that we were all kind of like yeah we don't feel too prepared although we were like we had meetings for hours you know like over two or three days and still it comes to this point um mm. but i think that's just i don't know kind of this we're also talking about what's the what's the word what's the term for it um this um you mean kimono no or? the uh, imposter syndrome yeah, right imposter syndrome imposter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's also quite trendy right now to talk about imposter you know but i feel like it's maybe just to take the image of it like kind of like always feeling like you're also not because of the game you know which game um i forgot the name of the this game but it's kind of well known nowadays in mobile game and the uh, And a PC game as well, and the uh, I don't know, like kind know. of um, you just um, imagine who's gonna be the imposter in inside of the group, and kind of <laughs> finding the person who's yeah. a kind of spy in your group. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, sorry, sorry for no. Just never going mind. It's interesting the, what you said. Yeah, it really seems to be a thing. This whole like thought of getting caught because you basically assume that you're not worthy enough or not like valuable enough or like not clever enough for like spaces and that you kind of like tricked into certain positions or groups or something like that and always the fear of being discovered as as a cheater basically yeah. <laughs> never mind so maybe to continue um i'm vicky and i'm i'm born and raised in bremen in germany and um i have like for a long time i called myself half chinese and but i wouldn't use this term anymore so maybe more also say like yeah mixed race but also a female person of color and um yeah like for a long time in my life i think like the really like the um the um, reflection basically on actually not being a white person or like basically really reflecting on racism as growing up and stuff like this like really came quite late into my life so This is also quite interesting to have like really late, like in my twenties, this whole reflection like on this whole biography and um yeah, so maybe to the kimono question. <laughs> Because we we've also talked before about it and actually we had like this whole like really long um talk about cultural appropriation that it's really complex. Like to me, I would like agree with like what Hani said, that I feel like in because like for me Or what we kind of like read into was more like okay but cultural appropriation also really always happens when it's like a really dominant culture basically um taking on um cultural um things like clothes or languages or slang you know and kind of like taking it from like um structurally oppressed groups basically and yeah i feel like in this context it doesn't really match with you and the kimono from zara yeah. <laughs> and yeah i don't know i would maybe even question if the kimono from zara is even a kimono because i haven't seen it actually mm -hmm. and yeah mm -hmm. 
But I also don't know the exact terms, but maybe I just pass it on to Hermine. <laughs> okay, thank you. I got the mic. I already got the mic. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Hermine. Um, I'm also, uh, I, I was also born in South Korea. And um, when I became grown up, I uh, came to Germany and it's been uh, almost three years or more than three years. And um, like, Nowadays, um, like before we go to the cultural appropriation topic, what reminds me of is um, um, like when it comes to thinking about this post-colonial um, or the what is the colonizer and who is being colonized in a certain co certain context, it's um, it's a uh, it's really a matter of kind of location where I'm positioned and where I'm located. Um, and uh, like if I quote uh, um, some writing from Gayatri Spivak and she actually suggested um, uh, to Korean readers in, in her book and uh, because she was mainly dealing with um, the kind of three uh, main model of who is colonizer and who is colonized people as a uh, Middle East and uh, Latin America and uh, South, South Asia so like for Korean reader or like it's where I came from it's a uh, Northeast Asia and um, um, this kind of three colonizing model should not be applied to the same um, to the Asian mod uh, my model because um, it's also a matter of um, the kind of imperialism of America mm -hmm. like I mean, North America and uh, um, how this kind of colonizing happens among Asian countries like Japan, China, and yeah. Korea, North Korea and South Korea. And um, like, and then um, I also just came back to the question of where I'm located because even though I was born in South Korea, I just immigrated to Germany and it's been three years. And if I keep reminding of my position, I still need to think about this, uh, like what I just said, um, this among Asian um, dominant power or or against USA. But um, now there is a more layer that I'm actually living in European country and uh, how I'm discriminated is not by the imagination of uh, because you are South Korean, so you have this kind of model, so I'm discriminating you by this model. And it's not always like that because people just imagine that um, like normally like Western people don't know where I came from by my looking, mm -hmm. like always happened to the people of color. Um, so if I say about this cultural appropriation, um, like for example, Mm, if I saw some of the Western people who's from European country or USA wearing a kimono or a traditional Korean uh, costume in inside of Korea, I don't know how it's gonna be the reaction to them. It's um, also depends on which color you are, uh, because I often saw when white people wear some wore some traditional costume in Korea, then. Um, 
the the reaction from Korean people was like, ah, I appreciate it. Like you look really yeah. good. Like it's kind of exchange mm. the culture, not appropriation. But since we are, um, but if we go back to the, this um, living in Germany situation, and um, um, like the people from this European country, whereas the uh, other culture, there's a like different layer upon it, and um, and personally, I think actually it's um, it's not totally disagree with um, look watching or the wearing someone's um, or taking over some uh, different country's costume or something but um, still I don't know where this came from but kind of triggered and um, uh, but what is the purpose are you gonna make it new or <laughs> but also it doesn't need to be um, uh, that's why it's kind of complicated um, yeah. it's it's not a matter of the intention actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah right. Like like you said, how you positioned um, yourself and mm. in, in, in the co- certain context and mm. yeah, right. Because um, this kind of core idea of cultural appropriation is um, when dominant people take the marginalized people's mm. culture mm. and like like about power dynamics and but if it's not that clear, like who's in the in in more power or who's not then it's getting really complicated mm-hmm. yeah i still feel like the who are you of, yeah maybe i can <laughs> yeah i am sorry <laughs> i'm inu from south korea and i live in germany since three and a, three and a half years now yeah and yeah i just wanted to say that like cultural preparation and kind of figuring out that what is really wrong problem or what is bad or cringy like it's quite hard to distinguish it because i feel like like as you said it's not about intention all the time like it's more about like within very like tangled uh, layers of, of some like context and still like by hearing from like what you're saying i feel like can still sound a bit like a uh, like foggy so maybe maybe we can also talk about with some examples about like yeah what is like what we feel uh, like bad from some examples like also like uh, from Ivana what you said like you seems like you're not sure about if it's okay that you have kimono but actually you feel like to so like still it's like very like uh, tricky thing so maybe we can more talk maybe specify mm-hmm. it, it like what we feel bad yeah, what we yeah. feel okay yeah. Yeah. the obvious example would be like um, if you not you but if, if someone um, reproduce um, cliche images um, by wearing um, this kimono thing like for example like posing some I don't know kawaii <laughs> posture or like gesture stuff like that and that would really imply um some sort of um really I don't know how can I describe it it would be really can um, you say but maybe more what kind of gestures you mean because gestures? I think it might be not really clear to um, everybody. like I know what you kind of mean because you mm-hmm. showed it once to me uh, but I think yeah to but it, 
how can I show um, to the podcast <laughs> listener? I don't know. Maybe something like, sassy. Something, I don't know. Something. Uh, I I don't want to say like this, but like something really cute and shy um, posture. You know, like you can imagine um, uh, deeper inside. Uh, uh, so when <laughs> when it shows the prejudice of Asian images, yeah, yeah, reproduce well. um, those kind of images, like um, the Japanese um, um, female and um, like Asian female are. And deemed as uh, really um, passive um, people, um, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and sometimes more sexualized. Yeah, over sexualized yeah. in a way, and uh, like wearing kimono and really with sexy pose uh, would be really um, the most um, the 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 worst thing um, ever. Mm -hmm. I think also because I, um, uh, it's, uh, I mean because it's also it's, I think it's also so complex because it's I don't know like I mean obviously like. There are like there are references like everywhere and everything you know like like when you look at music or in fashion you know it's like all the time about like actually ref like there's nothing that just came out from somewhere like you know gen jeans came from France and like I don't know like jogging pants like from kind of like hip hop culture and black culture like it's like it never ends like where you can basically point that it came from somewhere else you know but like I don't know I, I had to sit like I saw a picture of um these kind of like um white hip-hop guys in Cologne and they were like posing, they were promoting their new album um, with a picture and it was like them posing in front of a um, grocery store where right in front were like very big like, um, I think it was like Chinese or Japanese like um, signs or I, I assume it was like an Asian grocery store and that was like the, and they were not like commenting on it, it was not like yeah in front of this shop and we know like, like not commented at all just saying like yeah for our new album yeah buy it and stuff like this and i don't know like i, I actually I, I was writing them and they were like of course getting really like angry and confused and irritated and more annoyed and but then they also this guy was also writing something like yeah but where you know the uh, what do you think about the wu-tang clan you know like they were uh, they are using a lot of like references to like asian culture or like anime culture like uh, ninja Bjork, actually huh Bjork. Bjork? Uh, Bjork. Oh, you mean the, the musician? The legendary musician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's been really referencing a lot of kind of Japanese image of costume. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so basically, just to wrap, like, I was just saying to this guy, well, I don't know. I think it's actually more complex than in your case. Like, I, I have no opinion on that, but, like, I think in your case, it's just shit. And then with the Wu-Tang Clan, I don't know. Like, but it, like, it doesn't feel wrong to me, but I feel like I'm also not the person to decide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, I think maybe we can also talk about Kill Bill by like Quentin Tarantino. It's also like full of uh, various uh, different Asian traditional cultures and like referenced and almost a lot in the film. And also, uh, I think even there's also a lot of like kimonos there. And then, but actually for me personally, like I actually really love that film. And then I never felt that it's like a in a bad way like cultural appropriation so maybe like maybe then i can think about then what makes this just cool and okay rather than the other cases so i feel like it's then also about like the sensitivity of knowing something about it as well like for example like in when i see the kill bill it's like really full of like mixture of different uh, kinds of uh like uh, traditional references but I feel like 
like it's really kind of like what it is somehow. Like I can also feel that it's highly like um, considered somehow in a historical way, but also not using it in a like uh, sexism or just like making like for fun of it or something. I feel like it's like really loving in the culture of it and then also bring the images of it, but it's not just skin of it, also kind of the soul of it as well. And then yeah, make some uh, new story out of it. Also not just like consuming it, it's more like taken and then referencing it also like, I, I feel like I, I could felt some like respect from Quentin Tarantino about like using it. Yeah, so like it's still like kind of like tricky way, but I still feel like uh, it's also not just about the intention, but I also think that still maybe attitude of doing something in that way is also still matters. And it's still not easy to figure out what is, yeah, it's not obvious. I think in case of Kill Bill, because I was also, I'm all still a big fan of this film and I've watched it more than 10 times, I think, for, <laughs> for series. Yeah. And um, what I felt from Kill Bill is more like, um, maybe it's also different between parody and homage. Mm -hmm. And um, um, because it's not uh, used as a, what, what they show in the film, images are um, not like, ah, this uh, Chinese Sabu, who is a kind of master play player who's teaching the, the protagonist woman, is not kind of uh, overused as a kind of typical, uh, it was kind of uh, Western imaginated character, mm. but still it's like this Western person mm should need to go to this place mm. and uh, to to learn kind of traditional or whatever imaginated um, martial art. And uh, the way how used Quentin Tarantino, these kind of images are kind of mocking uh, yourself, like self-mocking mm. way. Yeah, and also as far as I know, the, the actor for, for the master of the Kung Fu, like he's the really the uh, originated from the martial arts. I, as I know, he's the legendary person in in a. Uh, I don't know which uh, exactly Tom is it, but he's a real uh, legendary person of that culture. So it's not only like making uh, mocking it, like Tarantino really brought him, and then like uh, he it was not just like playing a role, it was like somehow the real uh, vibe and yeah real soul like out of it comes because he's really originated to it. Mm. Yeah. And if you see you see this kind of atmosphere of the film, it's more like cartoonish uh, atmosphere, mm -hmm. which is like you, because of the editing style and the effect, you maybe uh, could notice that ah, it's kind of not not really seriously um, kind of reproduce something, but um, like the as a cartoon way, like fictional way. I mean, it's really hard, uh, uh, like for on, on the languages, um, it's really hard to kind of distinguish this kind of appropriated images and the um, kind of humorous images. But um, just as far as I saw this film, it was not that, um, ah, I'm gonna <laughs> take this over. But um, 
mm, really collage. Mm, yeah, I think collage. Mm -hmm. I think like just Tarantino is just so uh, so crazy for cutting a lot of stuff. Also, as you said about the editing and then also the music and everything is also like homaged from the the original uh, the the film from like China and from Korea as well. Like it's really cutting a lot everything. And then just what's really amazing thing is that just cutting everything in it. So like people who knows it, people who know it, they just know what it is. But still, new stories going on. Yeah, so it's like one of the like really great uh, entertainment film, and also like from the respect for respect like on it. It's not just parody or yeah. And it was too obvious that mm -hmm. from which this was um, referenced. And compared to the case of kind of uh, appropriating something and trying to hide that uh, it's appropriated, I think it's kind of worse. Mm -hmm. um, in, um, personal, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. But this is like maybe everyone, um, anyone of you might notice that it it's kind of I intended to um, show you that it was referenced and. This was, yeah, what I thought mm. in the film. But for me, frankly, like as an artist, I'm not gonna use um, other <laughs> cultures um, stuff because, like, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm not confident enough um, to use it, and I'm afraid of um, to be appeared um, as a like um, I'm a person who um, appropriate um, this, the cultural doing op cultural appropriations inappropriately. So. Um, so I would not let myself um, to do uh, to do it, and um, I don't want to be um, in the shadow um, of it. Um, so, yeah, Carantino um, case uh, would be different for, but for for us, like really. Um, um, what is Pyeongbom in English? Normal. Uh, Normal uh, no no people. <laughs> Normal no people. I, like I don't user. know. Uh, user people. Um, it's hard to um, bring these kind of things really um, obsessively and professionally. So I think um, most um, problem would come from here. You know, mm. like. Yeah, and I think like it's not easy, kind of like to compare like equally from your side of view to like like Quentin. Like I think he's just freak of like a lot of like films and comics, yeah. and he's just it's like his big interest. I think mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, maybe I like we can then talk about like something like bad uh, example, like uh, like few like like a week ago, uh, I saw one post by Diet Prada on in the Instagram account and it's about Karen uh, and like she's she's like white uh, woman and then it's like what I I'm just like looking at the post and then here like what Karen is like her full name is Karen Tyler and what she said is like improved kongi so like she made some uh like food uh, from uh, asian traditional food which called kongi or kongzi mm -hmm. yeah and then 
like she said like she mo modernized it like she improves it so like this is really like from the view side of like dominant white mm -hmm. like 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 supreme culture so like i have the ability to modernize it i improved it yeah, kind of enlightenment theory yeah and then like i think like for me this the is cooking agenda yeah, yeah this yeah. is really like ridiculous like yeah i mean what came from the idea of like modernization and then the improvement of something like really originated to the uh, traditional culture and then how she really knows about the taste of it yeah I really think this whole like area of like food and like uh, racism connected to it, like I think like it's a huge benefit, you know, because I feel like all these cookbooks, you know, like I just saw it actually in, in my flat, like from my flatmate. I, I hope she hears it. I hope she knows. I mean it from the best of my heart. <laughs> uh, but it's called like Asian vegeta um, vegetarically or vegetarian. And I was the, like, the cookbook name? Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a cookbook name. I was like, well, but I mean, the, I think like this whole assumption and like, uh, but but it's also maybe connected to like really personal experience where like a lot of like food that like, because I grew up like only on like um, Chinese food basically because like only my father used to cook and um, like other people like my, because I had mostly like also friends that were like from Germany and they were like always like really disgusted from like certain dishes and stuff like this. And I feel like this whole connotation of like certain kind of foods being like really disgusting or really like only me meaty and stuff like this or like, I mean, coming back to like Corona and like um, Asian people eating bats and like all this, you know, it's like so, it's such a benefit of like really racist like connotations and stuff like this, you know, I feel like the whole like food thing, it's like so loaded with all these, yeah, so um, uh, yeah, I can really like, this post is really bad, but I feel like there are so many cookbooks in this whole like area of food and like making like modernizing these foods and like or cleaning them up, you know, like making them clean because usually they're rubbish and stuff like this. It's so bad, you know, it's just Terrible, yeah. Yeah, so you don't appreciate Karen's uh, recipe mm -hmm. or her modernization of uh, the... I think, <laughs> I think more, it, more like how, how she pr made the presentation of the food, I, I don't appreciate it. Maybe, I mean, I personally think it's possible that a kind of fusion food cuisine is arising and... Yeah, or, trying, or maybe she yeah. can just say it like, I really love that food. So I, I just like uh studied or experimented a lot by myself and then i made my version of kongzi that would be really great but it's like i improved it's like modernized this weird combination of yeah. professionalism and mm. still but kind of trying to exploit something and yeah so it's like really um somehow uh, natural not natural i want to say natural but you can feel by uh, intuitively, you can feel if it's a mockery or not. This uh, means a lot. If the if the appropriated art piece or a dish is uh, is a mockery or if it's a homage, then I also thought it may uh, what can also be influencing if is the result is good or not, right? So <laughs> yes. if for I, me it doesn't matter no? because that's not the point. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, it can taste good, but even though it tastes good, I would feel it's still the same. Because okay. like, I mean, food can be still maybe about taste and how it's good or not. But if but the problem is that she framed it 
like with the with the term of Asian kongzi, and then like then it's about the cultural thing. It's not just about the food anymore. Yes, yeah. and then we can add some like um, kind of classism layer um, to this. Um, I would love to read a um, short quotation from an article. I will I will link up the article later on on um, to our post. So yeah, here recent um, transplant transplants to the area right Yelps. Yelp reviews in search of authentic Mexican food without the sketchy neighborhoods, which usually happen to be what they call neighborhoods with higher number of people of color. The Yelpers are getting what they want, at least in terms of neighborhood, as a gentrification rapidly pushes people of color pushes people of color out of their homes and white-owned, foodie-friendly versions of their favorite ethnic restaurants open up. That's how it goes with cultural appropriation. Not sharing, so uh, not sharing. So there's more for everyone, but taking advantages of um, power imbalance between groups to have more for well-off white people and less and less for poor people of color. And this can happen because we live in a world in which racist white people can essentially say, "We want your stuff, but we don't like you." By taking people's traditions while being biased against who they are as a person, so cultural appropriation shows that you don't have to like a person or respect their identity to feel entitled to take from them. So, is every non-Mexican who enjoys a good burrito guilty of cultural appropriation? Say it isn't. That would that would include me and nearly everyone I know. But now that you know that popularizing ethnic food can be one way to harm a group of people, while taking from their traditions, you can think about your, you can think about ways to satisfy your international food cravings without participating in that harm. Yeah, that's so great. It, th- thanks for reading it out. I just wanna say that like this, uh, this article is from the EverydayFeminism.com. And then the writer of this is, actually, I'm afraid that I pronounce it in a wrong way. Uh, Maisha Jet Johnson, uh, she wrote this article and then, yeah, that was it. So at this moment, maybe we can go for listening music, like picked by Ivana. Yay. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah we'll be back and keep talking. Uh, But can you introduce uh, shortly about the artist, if you can? Oh, yes. Yeah, the first artist will be um, Eris Kolob from UK. He's a jungle artist. Nice. He's our ally. (laughs) He's really educational. (laughs) (laughs) He provided us us this song for free. Thank you. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you, Eris.
Oh, it was so great to to listen to music in between. It's like really refreshing, mm. and it was like full of the energy. Yeah, yeah, it was so so great track. Thanks for thanks for supporting it and bringing it and introducing. Always uh, and to all the people who really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, Send not me sorry. Some emails for official reclaiming if you want. Maybe not. Ignored it. Sorry. Spam. <laughs> Yeah, so shall we move to the next topic? You also have one another thing that you want to talk uh, and share with us. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, another topic for uh, today's uh, session was identity and how we are uh, identifying with this word as such. We uh, have prepared uh, our we gain our uh, informations from the essay that Haimin uh, sent us. It was Beyond Identity from, um, it's an American article. Uh, Robert, L let's just quickly find it. And, but in general, uh, we have a, uh, we have read this article, but also I wanted uh, you to uh, spontaneously somehow tell me <laughs> or tell, uh, just express your feelings about identity and how you feel about it. What does it mean to for you? And how uh, do you feel? What role does it play in general in our in our lives? Identity as such. I think for me the term. I mean. Um, I mean, for me personally, it's more connected to kind of like aspects of like self-rationalization and stuff because um, I don't know, like I, I kind of like there's this um, aspect of me growing up and like kind of knowing like what the perception of others and like the construct of this like whole thing of like Asian women is, you know, and it, I, fe I felt like for a long part of my life was really like written like into me that like that kind of image that was like displayed to me kind of like came like became a part of like what I kind of like saw myself with so I think like for me it's maybe more a bit like like getting rid of these terms but um and kind of seeing myself more like or kind of having more this idea of like hybridization sort of but like for me it's also because I'm like what you said Ivana also like multi layered multi-layered and like multi-dimensional and kind of like i don't know like like from like for me like from the point when i kind of like understood like how violent these terms like these um descriptions are and like this whole like constructions of like identities and then it's like always being used like so much to kind of like also like put so much like violence and oppression like onto mar marginalized groups like i felt like to me like i i really don't want to like um label anything for me or like to kind of like more understand it as like more to kind of like an exploration of like or what you've actually really beautifully said like from the very beginning ivana like talking about like okay what comes beyond it basically but um yeah i like but it's also um i think there's also a difference of like kind of these like um um assumptions and like these whole like constructions of identity it's like very contrary to like when people or groups actually kind of like use it to empower themselves that they kind of like claim certain um 
names or certain identifications to like um, empower themselves and to like um, make it like a claim actually. And yeah, this is like my, this would be my pitch. <laughs> Maybe, honey, what do you think? How is it for you? To connect with our previous conversation, um, <coughs> Maybe cultural appropriation tema will end up to the um, identity because um, it's matter of it can be really a matter of who uses um, that cultural stuffs and how the identity deserve it um, not as a cultural appropriation and like whether it is cultural appropriation or not so. Um, in this sense, um, like for example, um, as a um, as a white person who um, identify them um, themselves. Um, Sorry, I think I get lost. <laughs> I think what you said earlier was more like that you kind of made the link that, okay, if you only draw to like, okay, but white people, for example, can't do this or can't do that, that it's like far, like leaving out the complexity mm. of the whole mm. thing and that it kind of like um, enters more like this whole field of like identity politics and that mm. it's actually too tight to actually understand like the complexity and like the whole power dynamics. I think mm. this is what you <laughs> said earlier in the break, basically, that yeah, it's actually too yeah. tight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and? And other? somebody else? Was somebody else? <laughs> I think it's a really deep topic and also very f philosophical topic. Yeah. So I think it's really easy to even have a glimpse of what does it mean really have an uh, identity? And what does it mean beyond identity? And but I also I I have quite a big interest about uh, what does it really mean the beyond identity? It's like uh, maybe maybe it's like overcoming it, or but but I feel like beyond is really not about against it, or it's not about ignoring it. It's really something like another dimension. Yeah. So it's really hard to even get the idea of like how to achieve it, like what does it really mean? But I also feel like, but still the, the term beyond identity itself is very important because easily like I can be really being trapped on the, the term about or the idea of what I have on myself. Like this is my identity or something like that, that the idea I have But you know the languages, the terms, and my experiences. Everything is like comes from the like the social and very different discourses. And it's I feel like identity actually like should should start from the inside of me, not from the outside to me. But it's also not easy to figuring out in in this way. So maybe this is the reason that the beyond the idea of beyond is important. And I think it's really, yeah, I would really support what you say because I find it really hard to distinguish between like, okay, what's my self-perception? What is actually like um, my socialization or what is like my perception of how I perceive others to perceive me, <laughs> you know? And I feel like as soon as you get into that, it like all becomes like so loose and like 
fluid at the same time like every, like all these terms like really begin to float and like in the conversations we heard before we were actually recording like i was also talking about um this kind of thing um, at, um about the term of passing um which is more referring to um that it's like the way that you are being identified as something is like really like more like a um, construction of a moment and that it can basically change the whole time that it's actually more like okay um uh okay so you enter a room and basically with every person who's in there or like every person who enters or with the whole dynamic in between there and also with the way that you present yourself like a, like the way that you are being identified is actually able to change the whole time and um Yeah, I think as soon as you start to think about that, like all these actually like really closed categories of identities really start to not make sense anymore, you know, because it's so much fluid and so um, uh, moving so quickly the whole time, you know, it's actually really more like in a whole like, um, I'm using this word again, like battlefield of like, um, um, like it, it points like from every direction into all the other direction and it's becoming actually really like... Um, multi-dimensional actually yeah yeah i i feel like i uh, wanna kind of uh, share or like having a conversation with all of you more about like why is the identity is important for us i feel like the identity that tom itself is can be really just philosophical term but like kind of like we are like all of us are kind of like in living in european country like we are kind of like ma marginalized group and then maybe like this our environment our situation would really force us force us to think about identity yeah yeah it's uh, interesting i i it resonated um with denmin like you said like why is identity so important to us so interesting question um to be identified maybe there is uh, some hegemonic version of your yourself or of a of a person and it is perhaps described by let's say a let's say a state or like a media just media depiction of how uh, citizens should look like perhaps and everybody who falls outside of this category uh, is has some type of marginalized identity and then this is where it starts to be perhaps somehow interesting yet um, yet I'm also um, I'm also on the side of uh, how you guys just described identity as more like a constant becoming which in uh, this essay was described as something like a weak sense <laughs> of like that the identities are fluid uh, intersectional multiplied always entangled um, this was considered in the essay as um, as a version of identity that uh, is not able to do some political action or something. But I think this kind of approach um, is actually more transformative than what is in the article described as a 
heart or strong sense of identity, which is connected to honor. And the, um, the author of this article was saying that if you have this strong sense of identity, you are able to fight for your truths. And you can you can you can take a part in some revolutionary revolutionary movements. But I think at this time of a year, let's say 2021, I feel like this constant becoming is actually still a revolutionary uh, idea or approach towards identity because it doesn't let you to be. Um, it can cut you. Out being on a one place it can't yes you have then you have a uh, ability to move uh, freely across several many identities and be able to be open to towards other identities as well just to be all open also to other needs needs of other identities perhaps mm-hmm. yeah i think um, and this maybe draws also a bit back to the conversation we had on Thursday um, when you, Ivana, said that you want to be more than the racist experiences or the um, kind of um, understandings people have of you and you're like, um, considered like cultural, um, how to say... Uh, it's like a prescription or something. <laughs> Did I say... Pre- I mean, I meant like... Yeah, yeah, sort of, right? And that you kind of said, like, you you would, you would, also want to, like, be able to live outside of that or, like, besides of it, right? So I think, like, maybe to um, people who are, like, part of a marginalized group, it's, it actually becomes even more important to kind of, like, also um, kind of, like, um, not say liberate yourself, but maybe more, like, um, kind of, like, shift the focus on, okay, but I'm actually also more than only the experiences I've made or like only the um, assumptions that people have on me, you know, or like the, because, but it's also, I mean, I mean we're all like at this art school, you know, and it's all about, okay, I, I think, because to me, it's also, the question is also, okay, what are we like, um, when we work on our projects and our theories and stuff, you know, and it's also the question of, okay, how much do I also feel um, kind of like the urge or the pressure to like, really work with like my what is supposed to be like my heritage my cultural heritage as well and like what is that there's like some kind of like um pressure also expectation that i'm obviously working with this aspect of mine because it's considered to be like the most um uh for 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 the society around me like the most um not to only say exciting but only but also like the most um relatable thing that people can imagine that i would um kind of like work with or something like this but I, I haven't thought it through completely but it's like I like sometimes I really feel like in this trap you know I'm like okay but is this do I feel like I want to work with this because I feel like this is like meeting the expectations and um, or is this actually really my my really own urge or like how can I actually is it actually also possible like for me to like kind of like work besides it you know or what is the what what how is it for you to kind of like work in this field you know for me, um, I feel like um, experience racism reinforce my identity somehow, and then I don't like um, this direction because, um, like, um, 
it's not me um, knowing my identity. Just like I'm kind of um, being existed um, as a reaction um, to uh, um, to uh, against uh, from yeah. external gaze, and it it really um, it's really trippy. Um, and also sometimes I. I feel the need to um, claim myself um, as an um, um, uh, with some identities, um, but I know myself. Um, I always um, cascade from um, those terms, and um, it's really complex. Um, so, yeah. For example, um, like. Um, Um, like uh, my, I, I consider, I, I see myself. I'm, I'm good at, um, I'm doing some kind of nail things. Um, but um, like if I work in nail shop, um, um, from external gaze, I work there, and because I'm an Asian, um, girls, uh, Asian woman, female. So, um, like I, I have to consider this kind of um, external gaze and pouring upon me, um, and. It makes me so hard to um, position myself. Um, I, yeah. I have kind of like schizophrenic way of thinking. Like sometimes I want this identity, but I sometimes I really hate it, and like I feel like I got trapped <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Or in the other way, like I, I really recently um, um, love to study um, Lacan philosophy. Um, uh, he's a French philosopher, but um, yeah, like I, like I said um, in Thursday, and then like uh, my super ego uh, when when I study that my my super ego kind of like. I don't know, like smash you. Yes, smash, smash <laughs> me. Smash that you. you are as a um, Asian female um, living in European country, and then you don't have um, many time, even like um, study um, um, post-colonial post-colonialization theory or like the racism theory or uh, anti-racism theory, sorry, or like feminism stuff like that. But why why are you studying uh, like white male really? dominant theory um, at this point yeah. but at the same time i i would love to you know um and then the, my other super ego uh, say just fuck it and just like do it what what you want but you know like this kind of um feeling and of and get trapped um is really uh, like make me stay in my messy head <laughs> but yeah. i think uh, you don't need to feel guilty about like learning because I'm learning this I'm gonna go this way because it's also one of the tool of like making you it's not um, like actually how you interpret and how you go through this kind of whole process is yeah, yeah, described right. differently yeah, right. so um, I'm normally actually not really uh, like happy about like talking about uh, I'm studying this I'm studying this philosopher philosopher and that will make me like this way and that <laughs> that philosopher makes yeah. me like this way because it doesn't it never works for me actually yeah, maybe yeah. maybe well, only I mean, for my I case. mean the, you know really like fundamental level like you need to um, 
um, allocate um, the time uh, really um, like in a mm. proper way, I think. So like I always have to uh, reconsider uh, or conserve myself like if it's right way or not uh, for me uh, or at this moment, you know. So yeah, this kind of stuff. And you, you're right, uh, like, mm. I mean, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And also I think uh, it, it's also not just about like Lacan, I think, like for such a philosopher, like it's also just one big discourse and you're like actually learning some or experiencing the the concept of of the thoughts of him, but it's not meant to about him. Yeah. Yeah, I think also Lacan. Yeah. Lacan would love you to study Lacan. <laughs> <laughs> He's I gonna mean, love see, you um, from I, the sky. I see so many um, yeah. contradiction in terms of um, yes. really like male dominant theory inside um, that theory. Like there, there will be so many variations, and I'm I'm not enough um, knowledge yet. But I feel like it's come from more of like heterogeneous society. Uh, theory so because because of that i'm saying like this but yeah yeah but also maybe like we don't know it like for example i really don't know about the, his personal life but i can maybe kind of <laughs> uh, why 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 yeah. we need to go no to no no i just no i just life. like <laughs> what i can imagine is that you know like he's a male and white uh, french person then it's like one of the top priority like natural born then maybe it doesn't need to think about what we are thinking. So it's like more can be more e efficiently <laughs> studying on what he's doing it. And then maybe that's the reason that he used more time on it. So maybe there's something more on that. Yeah. But I think what you shared about this really like contradictory feeling, I feel like there's also this other layer of actually, I mean, when we come back, for example, like to the KHM and like being in this field of like having like a lot of like teachers you talk to and stuff, you know, and like, I feel like, I mean, for me personally, like those times that actually professors have told me to like really plan to like super racist like narratives, like it's exhausting, you know, because it, it makes you even more confused. And it's actually like, it actually really gave me the feeling like, okay, I don't, like I actually, I, I literally just changed the whole project, like from the ground, because one professor said something so terrible to me. Like the person basically said something like, oh yeah, you should film your father riding his bike because he's Chinese, you know? And I was like, no, I don't know. But of, of course I told you, I said to her, well, yeah, I consider it, you know, and I, I just never talked to her again. Like, and I just did a completely another project, you know, and it's like these situations that actually make it really, really hard to like really find your own, like, um, like finding your own gaze, you know, in this whole like feed where you're like just surrounded by and so much like filled up with these gazes that have like people put onto you and actually like, okay, like, but what is actually my own perspective on things, you know, and what do I actually really want? You know, it's really, it's really complicated and it takes a lot of time yeah, and sometimes yeah. I even think maybe there's no professor to who can actually really teach me and help me because why should they know you know I mean like maybe it's just I this is really the point where I'm kind of at you know maybe like for certain things it's good to talk to teachers but maybe for certain things like why do I even have the expectations that people who have, have certain positions have like the authority to know more about these kind of things you know maybe because like in this case that person obviously didn't and in many other cases like other people obviously also don't you know so maybe we should also like i don't know like this is whole thing of like believing in authority to like have the new authority of knowing and like kind of making decisions i think it's bullshit at some point and i think it like 
at like art school and it's like also like especially like for marginalized people like really like for me i i'm really watching out like okay who am i talking to and what advices do i really take you know because like to me like for example like this group knows so much more and and like like these conversations to me are like so much more like um valuable uh, than like so so many other conversations i had with like professors or i could even imagine to have with like people who would be considered to have more like knowledge authority you know yeah but um this comes to here comes the problem like when when a prof professor um um that you want to um have uh, that you don't want to have some advice in 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 the sense of um this like the the post-colonial uh, theory but um, at the same time that professor holds some um good knowledge about some like um like critique um, to artwork and then you you would have want to want want to wanted to um, get them uh, yes. get that from there so like i mean the like this this is the contradiction contradiction what i wanted to yeah. um say and yeah Yeah, because you still rely actually on certain kind of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And you cannot completely circle people, and you 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 don't only rely on knowledge, but mm -hmm. also rely on like connections. And mm -hmm. because yeah. obviously, like mm -hmm. this, like this institution, like all the other institutions, are like built on like a lot of like um, power dynamics and a lot of, and you really rely on people actually to help you and to support mm -hmm. you. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. you. I I really get what you mean, and I, I really think the same. Um, all right, uh, let's um, say take a to Inu. <laughs> break, or I can also read something, and also we can say goodbye to Inu. I think he's going somewhere. Yeah, sorry, I I have to leave, and then I so actually really want to be here and then keep sharing and hearing from you more. But yeah, but I will be also then as a audience listening. Yes. Yeah from the back. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. See you. Thank you, Inu. See you later. So there is this uh, diagram mm -hmm. and it shows like A and B and it shows it's like a war of the of the cults. So there is like a tree of uh, heritage. Anyway, so it says everybody in this diagram is related to everybody else, but in different ways and to different degrees. One might be tempted to say that the people marked in the circle A constitute a group with an identity of A, as distinct from those in a circle B, with an identity of B. The trouble with such an interpretation is that the very move that distinguishes A and B also shows their relatedness. As one moves back one generation and finds a common ancestor who may or may not be living, but whose social location links people in A and B. If someone in set A gets into a conflict with someone in set B, such a person may, may well try to invoke the commonality of A-ness to mobilize people against B. But someone genealogically older than these parties can invoke uh, the linking ancestors to cool things off. The act of going deeper in a genealogical chart in the course of social interaction 
keeps uh, emphasizing relational visions of social location at the expense of categorical ones. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it was very dry, but I think it helped. <laughs> I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't seem very happy about it. No, that's not true. Can you maybe, Ivana, um, explain a bit why you, what is your connection from this to yeah. the topic? Yeah, it's the jellyfish link, <laughs> <laughs> the famous jellyfish link, is a theory um, that we all are connected to our ancestors um, within the genealogical time and if we would concentrate enough uh, we would be able to connect ourselves with um, just theoretically or hypothetically with our ancestors in previous to homo sapiens let's say <laughs> i would even say so um in this way, our traumas and our problems, uh, all our um, indifferences uh, could be uh, somehow understood uh, as results of um, contingent historical events that would connect us to uh, one common ancestor who is a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. Shall we play some music? <laughs> yes, maybe. Yes. Can you also introduce the next music artist? Yeah, the next music. Um, I think I said it will be Tristana. Um, and I think it should be Tristana. So, thank you, Tristana. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you guys for uh, listening this long episode to the end. <laughs> yeah, do you have some words to want to say? Me probably uh, not uh, not particularly. Mm. Maybe just just one thing I wanted to add um to what I've said before um that I don't know like obviously they're also like really super supportive people. Yeah from the cage um right. that are also like supporting this group and like also me personally and like also other people and i think like these like people obviously know that i mean them when i <laughs> say it now mm. and yeah so it's not obviously not applied like for everyone but like more like pointing out like the structure and like the misbalance of these constructions you know in an institution like this that was really important yeah and obviously a lot of anger that has been built up like this year's since I'm studying here, but also other places, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but that's why we have a podcast. We can always uh, share our... Yes, that's true. Yeah. Our feelings yeah. and stories and misunderstandings and clear them up somehow. Yeah. I think we kind of decided to... Uh, like slowly come to an end or something like this because <laughs> really we're all quite hungry as well and also sitting here since a while so so honest yeah. yes yeah <laughs> i think this is the kind of characteristics of our podcast <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you. And oh, are you saying goodbye now? <laughs> oh, that's too that's too quick. Okay, so it is too quick. Yeah, we should say something more, perhaps. Okay. Then you mean me? Yeah, I, I feel you want to say something. Um, not really, actually. Um, there's no announcement for the next episode, but we're gonna figure it out soon. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh, too much of information. Sorry. Maybe in the middle of next semester, I expect. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we we can. I don't know. We take some break. <laughs> Summer mm. holidays. Mm. Yeah. It should be applied to everyone. Yeah, but also, I mean, yeah, then maybe to add a few sentences about the podcast, um, kind of like, obviously, we will put our email address into the account and you can always, like, everybody's always free to write us and to join, obviously, like, we don't understand ourselves as, like, fixed authors of this format, like, it's kind of like a more like a fluid structure and, like, really glad to be really hoping to for others to join or like maybe also feel um, empowered to do their own podcast like this would be like imagine at some point like having like so many like podcasts from students at KHM <laughs> that's actually like the Mensa Hof you know like people just talking at some point it would be actually really nice yeah 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 I would love to as well uh, um, any student from KHM who would feel um, spoken to uh, to join as well and if uh, you guys feel like uh, you would like to share your your opinions or create new stories then I would encourage you to join us as well you recommend? yes I recommend <laughs> this very fine yeah, company certificated. <laughs> yes certificated and uh, very nice to be around you so go ahead yeah so should we wrap it up or mm -hmm. yeah stay yeah. with the trouble wrap <laughs> yeah, it staying up. with trouble all the time remind okay yeah nice summer don't avoid it bye bye. Yes. bye bye thanks for listening yeah and the last song <laughs> <laughs> we have uh as from our uk friend uh james uh and his band cry cry Wang and we will also link up his band camp um to our podcast so yeah enjoy and let's hear us soon bye bye thanks so much bye cheers dry oh the blood it will not dry so instead we are trained to just roll our eyes the blood it will not dry oh the blood it will not dry so instead we are trained to just roll our eyes this is not a call for guilt This is just a request for respect The blood may not 
be on our hands But we sleep in their beds Oh, we sleep in their beds Oh, we sleep in their beds We are told not to live in the past But some things must not be forgotten We can outlast, but what's done is cast and privileges are ill-gotten And privileges are ill-gotten And privileges are ill-gotten The blood, it does not dry Oh, the blood, it will not dry So instead, we are trained To just roll our eyes